0: Catches, puts up three. Well, go. Box. Head over in this direction. Go on 3 We are back. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Cam's Corner. Uh, now, I don't have a guest here with me today, but I do have a lot of stuff planned for the future. Um, so, guys, stay tuned for that. You do not want to miss it. I promise you that'll be coming out very soon. Um, but in the meantime, I'm going to be starting a new series. I know I'm always starting a new series, um, but this is my first solo podcast, so I'm going to be kind of recapping what has been going on in the leagues, um, such as the NFL, the MLB, the NBA. Um, And kind of my own opinions on what I think of certain takes and what I think uh, is going to happen for certain leagues, like such as the NBA. I'll get into that a little bit later. But most recently, let's just get right into it, uh, with the Red Sox advancing to the ALCS, uh, beating Tampa Bay last night in the 3-1 series. The night before, uh, Monday, October 10th, Christian Vasquez hit a walk-off home run to give the Red Sox a 2-1 lead on the Tampa Bay Rays. And the following night after that... Enrique Hernandez hits a sacrifice fly in the ninth inning after Vasquez singled on a ground ball before being moved to second base on a sacrifice bunt from Christian Arroyo. Now, I haven't watched baseball as much as I should be watching it because I know there's a lot of sports fans out there that um, specifically maybe don't watch basketball or football, so I have to kind of get out of my comfort zone and do a variety of sports so I can um, make my audience even bigger than it is. But anyway, Hernandez hits that sacrifice fly to send Boston to the ALCS, hitting the road for the opening game on Friday night, October 15th. Personally, for me, being a Yankees fan, um, it's still cool to see the Red Sox accomplish what, they're be- what they've been accomplishing. It's also cool to see the atmosphere that they bring to Fenway um, now with the pandemic. Not being over, but uh, more open to the public and kind of getting back to normal and in the stadium and arena sense. So I definitely have to catch some baseball games as well. Uh, along with basketball coming up and football in the process as well. Transitioning into the NFL, uh, what's going on currently with Coach John Gruden for the Raiders, he just resigned as a head coach after a leaked email conversation was exposed of him using homophobic and racist language uh, while he was an analyst over at ESPN, which was 10 years ago. So uh, Keyshawn Johnson, who was a player of his back in 2003 on uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, came out on ESPN with uh, Stephen A. Smith on First Take and said that he's not surprised by these comments and all this stuff that's going on with John Gruden because he saw it back then. So for someone like him to see that, you can only imagine what the Raiders were going through. You know what I mean? There's an openly gay person on the Raiders. Now for him to see that, it's kind of like a stab in the back. Like, he was my coach. I put all my trust in him. And now all this stuff gets leaked that, He's been doing this for years. I get it sometimes people say, you know, this world in, like, the society has become soft in a way, uh, you know, being too sensitive. I I get that, but for someone like Keyshawn Johnson to come out and say that on ESPN, on national television, that John Gruden has been saying these certain things and has been uh, carrying himself kind of like this for a while now, it's not fair and it's not right uh, to the players that he's coaching. If you're an NFL coach... You know you have you're on a huge platform as well as these players. Why would you openly say that in an email? I know you know talking to somebody face to face is different, but even that is like you're talking behind someone's back and you're you're not being truthful with the people that you're coaching along with the staff as well. So for me personally, if I like I know I always put myself in a like personal uh, situation because if I always think of it as how I would react or how what I would do in that situation that they were in. I would never being at a high platform that John Gruden is. I would never openly say in an email something about, you know, a certain player that I thought I would go either go to that player or talk to another coach or a staff member about that player and, you know, go from there. Certain things that you can avoid to have to resign because of your actions. But I don't want to get too into that. Coming off fresh off of Monday Night Football, the Ravens beat the Indianapolis Colts. And truly after watching that game, I thought Indianapolis had it. I mean, being up 22-9 to nine, going into the fourth quarter – I mean, Lamar Jackson just truly showed his, his true colors tonight. Thrown for 442 yards, like, incredible. Throwing a five-yard touchdown pass to Marquise Brown um, on the first possession of the overtime to give the Ravens a 31-25 victory over in Indianapolis. 442 yards, um, a career high, along with four touchdown passes. Just a very tough loss for the Colts. I mean, the kick, the kicking has been horrible, you know, in Week 5. Blankenship missing uh, that extra point in the third quarter. You know, uh, they went up 25 to 17. He was already injured uh, in warmups pregame. So, I mean, you're a kicker. You have one job. Like, kick the football. And he also had a 37 yard kick blocked by Kalias Campbell with uh, four minutes and 29 seconds remaining, giving the Ravens a chance to tie up the game. So that was a very tough loss for Indianapolis. But props to. Lamar Jackson. But going back to Sunday night's game, Patrick Mahomes did not show up the way I thought he was going to show up. Josh Allen had an incredible game, throwing for 315 yards and 3 TDs with no interceptions. Dawson Knox has seemed like his favorite target uh, going into Week 5 uh, thus far, having only 3 receptions, going for 117 yards. And Josh Allen only threw the ball 26 times. As to Patrick Mahomes, is was 54 times throwing the ball. 2 interceptions. He did throw for 272 yards with 2 TDs, but... It was not efficient. Watching the game flow, uh, the Bills' defense truly did read him very well. They did tear him apart, with the Chiefs only scoring 20 points as to the Bills' 38. Kansas City's defense is not good. Like as Stephen A. Smith said there, they're not good. The only reason why this team is somewhat still uh, talked about for playoff content for a playoff-contending team is because of Patrick Mahomes. And since he didn't have a good game like whatsoever, like that's why they lost by that much of a margin. And with Clyde Edwards-Alaire getting hurt as well, that didn't help their case at all either. But after Justin Herbert and the Chargers, man, Herbert is definitely, in my book, an MVP candidate already. As well as Tom Brady. I mean, everyone knows that Tom Brady's been doing this for, you know, a while now, obviously, of course. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. There's no debate about it. Being 44 years old, 411 yards, 5 TDs, with an injured thumb. I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how injured it was, but still, like, 44 years old through five touchdowns. Like, it's definitely still in the talks for MVP. I mean, I know we talked about it in my last podcast. You know, after that game, there's, there's no stopping Tom Brady. He's definitely going to continue that momentum and potentially be, like I just said, an MVP candidate. And he's making his case for top. Still a top three quarterback in the league,
1: as as Justin Herbert is.
0: And Herbert threw for three hundred and ninety eight yards with four TDs and no interceptions. And Austin Eckler only helps the case even more, along with Keenan Allen. And that offense is just—they have so many weapons, along with Mike Williams too. Eckler ran the ball seventeen times and scored three second half touchdowns to help the Chargers win. Of course, he ran the ball for sixty six yards and two touchdowns while catching five passes for fifty three yards and a score. Eckler did fumble toward the end of the first half, but the late game heroics overshadowed. This small mishap. Week six doesn't really seem too intriguing, but the game I am looking forward the most to seeing is definitely the Chargers and the Ravens. That's gonna be a good could be matchup with Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert, like I just mentioned. I pick for that game. I don't think Lamar Jackson is gonna throw for another 400 yard game. And I don't think Justin Herbert will as well. I think the Chargers offense is is more dominant than the Ravens. No discredit to the Ravens whatsoever, but I just think that Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler are gonna get the job done, and I'm gonna take the Chargers. For week six. But transitioning into what I am most knowledgeable about is definitely the NBA. Um, I want to start off by saying that Kyrie, the Nets are not allowing Kyrie to come back to the Nets right now. Um, if I was the Nets, I don't know, I don't know if I would want to trade him or if I would want to just keep him. Cause like he's just costing the Nets money. I mean, we we mentioned this in our last podcast again. It's just it's a matter of The vaccine, like I get it, it's your own decision. Like I'm not going against that at all, because I get it. It's a, it's your decision if you want to get the shot or not for the the COVID vaccination. Even Bleacher Report had mentioned that KD and uh, James Harden wanted to sit down and talk to him about the importance of getting it, but even that, it's just Kyrie. What you know, what Kyrie is known for is he he does his own thing. He doesn't really listen to anybody else because. He's his own, you know, he's his own person, as we all are. But I don't know, just for him to not get that vaccine and to kind of just sit out. At first, they wanted to have just home games. He would not play at the home games because of, you know, the state of New York. You have to be vaccinated to attend and to play. And Coach Steve Nash said that they would go from there. But now going from that, you know, that day on, the league has something else to say about it. And, the, and the you know, the Nets organization, they don't want him playing at all or even practicing. Do I think the Nets are going to trade him? I don't think they're going to trade him um, as much as they should because there was a five team um, potential trade that I don't think is going to happen, but it would send, um, like, like, you know, it was five teams. I forget, the, I think it was like Sacramento, Portland, the Sixers, the Wizards, and uh, the Nets, of course, as well. Um, this trade. I don't know, like I don't know how likely this is, but it is on Bleacher Report, so I mean, you know, I mean, it could be from a league source. But Damian Lillard and Bradley Beal would be sent to Philadelphia, which is insane to me. And then De'Aaron Fox would be the one point guard in Brooklyn, along uh, with Contavious Cowell Pope and uh, 2023 second-round pick from Philadelphia. Um, you know, transitioning into my next topic, I was going to talk about Ben Simmons. Because the Sixers now Ben Simmons is in Philadelphia. Like it was just released today that he uh, is on Philadelphia grounds and he is you know working with uh, a comeback for the team. Now as a fan, like if you were a fan of Philadelphia, you would you really want Ben Simmons to come back after everything that he's done to you guys? You know, being disloyal and just not even showing up this past summer and not even telling anybody what his future plans are. Like what? I don't know. I don't know what that situation. I really don't know what's gonna go on with that. But Ben Simmons would be sent to Portland along with Harrison Barnes, Seth Curry, and a few picks. And then uh, Washington would receive C.J. McCollum, Buddy Heald, and Tyrese Maxey, and uh, two, f- two future picks. Yep. And the Washington Wizards would receive uh, C.J. McCollum, Buddy Heald, Tyrese Maxey, and uh, two picks. And then the Sacramento Kings would receive Kyrie, Tobias Harris, and Nazir Little in a couple picks. But Sacramento definitely loses that trade, and um, along with Portland. I mean... You're losing Dame and CJ, and you're getting Ben Simmons. Like, I don't know. I mean, you're obviously getting a first-round pick for 2022 and 2023, but I don't know. Obviously, to me, the two people that win this trade, mainly, mostly Philadelphia, but Brooklyn as well, because I just feel like De'Aaron Fox would be a much better fit than Kyrie right now in Brooklyn uh, with the star power that they have in Kevin Durant and James Harden. I mean... I would rather have De'Aaron Fox running that point because he's not gonna look to score. He's gonna be he's gonna be moving the ball up the floor, and he's gonna be looking for Durant and Harden. You know what I mean? That's all you really need. Kyrie is more of like a Russell Westbrook. I feel like he he is more of his own player, and he's gonna do, you know, his ball handling. He's gonna do what he needs to do. He's not really in the point guard sense. Where all right, I'm gonna I'm a pass first point guard. De'Aaron Fox, you know, obviously scores the ball efficiently, but I feel like he would fit in that net system more under Steve Nash. I just feel like De'Aaron Fox would be a way better fit than Kyrie Irving. That's just my opinion, but um going back to the winner of this trade is it would definitely be Philly, which is Dame and Bradley Beal along with Joel and what they still have. I mean, that's the big 3 right there. I mean, honestly, I feel like I don't I mean, I don't, I'm not going to get into that, but not saying that they would um contend for an NBA championship or anything like that. I don't know what is going to go on with this trade. I don't know if it's going to really happen, but I know. I guess we'll just time. We'll have to tell, and we'll see what happens. But with the Lakers, I mean, Russell Westbrook, he doesn't even seem to care about the preseason. Honestly, I, I mean, I get it. The preseason doesn't count, like he said. But I mean, he averaged what, like seven turn, like five to seven turnovers a game in the preseason. I mean, he played maybe like what three games, two games, or whatever it was. Field goal percentages was was horrible. I mean, he barely even scored. I didn't really watch any of the games, so maybe it, I guess he wasn't really trying per se, but. I mean, that Lakers team doesn't look – it doesn't seem like they're clicking or anything like that. I mean, I get it. It's preseason, but, I mean, the Nets just look like a more dominant team. They're showing so much more chemistry. They're showing much more, like, it's just better basketball. Like, the Lakers just look like they're going through the motions out there. Man, I guess we'll have to see once the start of the NBA happens, which is next week. But for Russell Westbrook to come out and say he doesn't even care about, like, it's like he doesn't even care about playing. Like he's he's turning the ball over five to seven times a game. To me, it's that's just that just shows like you don't care about the team. To kind of wrap up uh, everything in the NBA and you know with everything that we've talked about in this podcast, I mean teams that are really being slept on. I don't, I don't know. I think the Bucks still have something to prove. I mean I know that they proved everyone wrong last season, but everyone's gonna say, oh injuries, you know. Kyrie was out. James Harden was on a a bum leg, like he wasn't playing to his full potential because of that. But I mean, if Giannis can come out of the East again, you have to consider him the best, like the best player in the world right now. Because he's getting past, he's I mean this doesn't hasn't happened yet, but he'd get past LeBron, he'd get past Durant. Like, I mean, he already got by Durant last year. But again, everyone's gonna say injuries. I get that. But I feel like I feel like the Bucks do have potential to do that. I mean, you know, time will only tell. The Miami Heat, another team that is being slept on, they just picked up Kyle Lowry. They got Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, PJ Tucker. I mean, he was a huge help with the Bucks' uh, success last year. He's definitely going to carry that over with the Heat as well. Top five team, I think, well, maybe not top five, but a playoff contending team for this year in the East. Definitely the Charlotte Hornets. The Chicago Bulls as well. They had a huge offseason, picking up Lonzo, Damar, and uh, Alex Caruso. You know what I mean? He has a case of being Sixth Man of the Year just by watching him in the preseason. Like, if they can carry that momentum uh, to the start of the NBA season, you know what I mean? They they're gonna be a playoff contending team. You know, hopefully my Knicks as well. But you know, I I don't even want to get into that. As for the West, I don't. I mean, everyone's favorite pick is gonna be the Lakers, but. I don't know, man. I mean, Golden State is definitely gonna be a higher seeding than what they were, but you know, I mean, trade talks. Who knows what's gonna go on with all these trades with Kyrie, Ben Simmons. If that five team trade goes through, I mean, it's it's gonna shock the league, and it, it, obviously everyone's perspective on everyone's, you know, obviously everyone's perspective on everything's gonna change. But for the West, I mean, Phoenix. I I really don't think Phoenix is gonna like like the Miami Heat last uh, in, the, in the bubble. I should say. Um, that was kind of, I feel like that was a fluke season. I don't really think that um, like they didn't do last year. The Miami Heat really didn't show up last year. With Kyle Lowry, I mean, they could be, you know what I mean? But Chris Paul, that was his one shot of winning a championship. I don't think that Phoenix is going to be a crazy playoff contending team. Jokic, definitely uh, the reigning MVP. He's he's definitely going to show up this year. I feel like Denver is going to have a, a good playoff run. Along with Luka and the Mavericks, I don't know. I mean, he's doing what he's doing, but uh, I just feel like he needs more pieces around him. You know what I mean? Chris Taps isn't gonna cut it for me, as as Mavericks fans would say too. He's not really showing up either. If if uh, if Dame and CJ stay with Portland, you know they're gonna do their thing, and Kawhi and Paul George they're gonna do their thing as well. And of course, uh, the Utah Jazz with Donovan Mitchell and you know his whole squad—they're gonna do their thing too. I just now—it's usually always the West. I just feel like the East is way more better now than the than the West. Obviously, you've got some sleeper teams. Like you don't want to sleep on John the Grizzlies, and you don't want to sleep on like uh, going into the West. Maybe like like Sabonis and the Pacers. But I mean, I I just see like the East has progressively gotten way better than the West in the off season. That's just my opinion. Yeah, that kind of wraps it up, guys. I mean, I didn't really have a whole ton of stuff to talk about, um, but I do have a lot of things planned. I have a former NBA player that is going to come on the podcast soon. It's just a matter of time as well as a a current NBA player as well. Um, I don't want to give away too much information yet because I want you guys to be surprised by it. Um, You know, it's definitely a process, you know what I mean, trying to get these guys to come and even you know, collaborating with other people that have podcasts, have certain takes. Um, It's fun to work with people like that and uh, pick their brain on how they got to where they are Like I always say I always kind of say the same questions because I want to know how it is for everybody how their experiences have been and um, Just how they got to where they are like I just said it's like because I really I have a huge passion in broadcasting as I said before and I want to I want to do this full-time as a job and this is a perfect way for me to start off and to kind of get my name out there so with all the help that I've gotten, with all the advice that I've gotten, I uh, couldn't be more appreciative. And uh, it's just I keep saying it, it's a matter of time. You know what I mean. You got to be patient uh, with everything that's coming in, and as well as you guys, be patient with me because I'm definitely gonna keep bringing in bigger guests. Have you know more things to talk about, more entertaining things to talk about to you know widen my audience. Like I said earlier, with you know uh, getting out of my comfort zone. Uh, be sure to hit up all my social media links go to www.camscorner.net for all those links Uh, i'll have them in the description as well you could click all of them on my uh, youtube banner that's all up in there but if you're watching the video subscribe click that subscribe button hit the post notifications button to get all the latest cams corner content and when it releases and stay tuned for future episodes guys again thank you so much for tuning in and i'll see you in the next episode